Hello and welcome to the Tech Geek Podcast, all you need to know about SaaS. I am Sukriti Adhubanshi, your host for the session. As software products move from on-premise to a cloud-based model, the SaaS market has seen a rapid evolution. Instant decision-making, cost-effectiveness, low risk, greater flexibility combined with an increasing mobile workforce with India's emerging startup landscape and its rapid strides in digital adoption, the demand for SaaS products is seeing an upward graph. According to data from NASCOM, as of financial year 2020, this country's SaaS revenue has reached 3.5 billion US dollars, with 75% sales coming from the global markets. Everything is getting SaaSified, which is the core of anything today cloud-native mindset, importance of licensed utility-based computing. Automation, data, applications, and the importance of having the right culture to be a disruptor are some of the technology quintessentials companies strive to be. But while we strategize and implement all this, it's critical to analyze the risks and the opportunities while investing in any technology. Today's podcast is all about this and much more. And to facilitate the conversation we have with us, Rajesh Sinha, Chairman and Founder, and C.P. Joyce, the Global Chief Technology Officer for Funcom Digital. Hi, Rajesh. Hi, C.P. We are delighted to have you for this interesting conversation in SaaS today. Sukriti, thank you for having us, and thank you, TechGig, for giving us this platform to have a mind share with our audience today. So very, very pleased to be here. Likewise, uh, CP Joyce here. Thanks very much for having us. Uh, excited to be here as well to have this chat with uh, Rajesh. Thank you. So this is a great topic, and what Sukriti mentioned to kickstart uh, the market is growing, you know, significantly. So exponentially growing in the areas of software as a service. We all know that post-pandemic world has uh, created these opportunities for all of us. We as a company. We believe in a purpose of uh, bringing a platform to make consumers' life easier. SaaS platform makes consumers' life easier, right? And we are on that journey. Many of the companies are on that journey, and that's the great uh, topic we have to discuss today. Many of you who are listeners will um, have these compelling questions that how can we become a disruptor in the market instead of getting disrupted? And today, when CP and I will have conversation, we'll discuss about when we talk to billion dollar companies or a few hundred million dollar companies or even a smaller companies, right? Everybody needs this recipe of transformation. And I'm more on a business side guy. CP is more from a technology. So having a business and tech conversation, hopefully we will try to bring some perspective, clarification, hopefully the plethora of technology, which we all encounter every day, will bring complexity to simplicity in our conversation. So with that note, um, let's get started, CP. I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you. You have been running a you know, great organization, being a global CTO. You are every day challenged uh, you know, by our customers to bring innovative SaaS solutions. So what are you seeing as a challenge and opportunities today while we are grappling or coming out with the you know pandemic situation you know i think uh, SaaS is both uh, an opportunity and a challenge in many ways i think there with any technology i don't think anyone buys technology for technology's sake alone 
they buy it because it solves some kind of a problem or provides some kind of an opportunity for the future. I think uh, the opportunities are immense. SaaS is not new, as you just said. Uh, uh, certainly, there's history to SaaS, and uh, uh, the aspects that we are seeing change is the fact that it can be interlinked very closely with the cloud revolution. And the more you talk cloud, the more you talk SaaS, the more you talk SaaS, the more cloud becomes an enabler. So those two trends, amongst many other, you use the word plethora of technologies, and indeed there are so many, I think, but those two, for the sake of this discussion, Rajesh, as you and I have talked before, uh, are perhaps very closely interlinked and provide a path for the future in a variety of ways. Uh, many things to talk about, of course. I'll, I'll stop there because I'm interested to hear your thoughts uh, about on one topic. Where did we come from in terms of SaaS? And you've been around in the industry for a while. Where did we come from? And where are we headed with SaaS? Why is it such a hot topic today versus in-house systems or you know, uh, private data center type application hosts? It all started even when I started my career in 1993 in Sebs in Mumbai. And uh, those days I used to see that a lot of mainframe based technologies, right? And later on things started to move to our distributed technology. Unix boxes came in and RDBMSs came in. And then later on a lot of .NET and Java-based applications started going out uh, you know, in the market, and people were calling that as an application service provider, ASPs, right? And then as ASPs moved to the next phase, it became business service provider. Then it moved to third phase, which was managed service provider, right? These were the jargons uh, from our uh, last 15, 20 years uh, or 30 years of trend, which I have seen it. However, in the last 10 years, the technology trend which was smack social mobile analytics and collaboration smack technology further evolved and matured more as a SaaS applications right so business started to go back onto SaaS platform and now you don't require so much of uh, you know infrastructure in house you wanted somebody else up and running right and business continues to become intelligent they want to start bringing better experiences as i mentioned at my opening uh, talk that we all want to bring better experience in the hands of users you and i have this responsibility to the world that we want to make lives easier with the knowledge and experience we all have all of our listeners should bring do their contribution and use the right technology to bring uh, you know, good solutions in the market. So SaaS is today that dominating the market because that's the path to bring convenience to the users, right? The people who are managing it, people who are offering in the market, because it's all up, as you mentioned, it's all part of SaaS engineering is very closely linked with cloud engineering because you're leveraging the power of cloud, right? For a business purpose. So business is solving the problem with the power of cloud. So that's where it's all coming together. So that's the relationship between past and today. And as we converse, we'll discuss about future as well. Sure. So when we when we are today uh, solving these uh, scenarios, how have you seen the past trend of technology, right? What were the technologies in the past? What are the technologies today, what you are seeing solving the problem? And then let's talk about in our next conversation, in next phase, about the future. What future technology you see, I see, so that business problems can be solved. I think, Rajesh, from my standpoint, uh, the one big change that 
SaaS-based uh, concepts brought along, along with uh, cloud being an enabler was the fundamental shift from having to write everything from the ground up, programmatically code everything from the ground up. This revolution allowed us to consume Lego blocks, as I call them, from anywhere on the cloud and build systems in a way that we can put them together as though we were building a toy from a bunch of Lego blocks. The same blocks could be used to build a car, the same block could be used to build a crane or a truck. That was one of the biggest shifts that I've seen happen. Now with that, of course, we also get the liberty from a SaaS standpoint to place these blocks any which way you want to on the cloud. They don't have to run within your own data center. They don't have to run on the computer beneath your desk. But at the same time, it brings along several challenges in the form of security. It brings challenges in the form of performance engineering. It brings along challenges in terms of ownership, uh, tenancy, so on and so forth. So the opportunity is huge because you don't have to write everything yourself. You can consume anything from anywhere. At the same time, scale becomes a new discussion. But then there are vendors like Azure and, uh, and Amazon that help you put infrastructure in place for SaaS-based uh, solutions. And therefore, that, that close link between code and SaaS plays out really well. But the mindset shift that has to happen is what I see to be the fundamental challenge. Very nice. You touched on two points, which just uh, triggered a new thought in my mind, which is about uh, security and data, right? So yeah. let's talk about it because just two days back, I was talking to the CEO of a billion dollar milk manufacturer in Dallas. And uh, he mentioned to me a very interesting scenario. He says he wants to deliver, um, you know, integrity of data, the trust of data to his producers, the milk producers, right? He, he gave me a very good example. And uh, I want that example and, uh, and understand your thought process, how you can solve that problem. So he said that when somebody looks at your bank statement um, and or you look at your bank statement and if you found that bank has charged you debited thousand dollars from your bank right and it was an error right same thing happened next time again there is some more debit has happened from your account and then you call the bank and every time bank refunds the money back to you what happens with 99 percent bank statements are right there is one transaction which has gone wrong you start you know to lose the credibility about the bank and the trust on that system doesn't matter it is running on a SaaS platform or on-premises. So how do you maintain the data integrity and trust on a cloud platform? And how do you govern it, secure it, as you continue to grow on cloud engineering? In fact, uh, it's a serious issue. And the more you talk cloud, the more these problems will begin to show up because naturally not everything is in your control, number one. And the points of failure could be many. I mean, we're having this discussion on a long distance line and you can see there are so many points in the middle that make this chain happen. Like in the world of security data, uh, anything pertaining to something that's not running in your own shop is always subject to these kinds of variability. The beauty though is that same problem is an opportunity in itself because that's where concepts like blockchain come together, right? For example, the purpose of having a trust-based network or a trust-based set of consumers and providers coming together from disparate locations, disparate enterprises, disparate uh, points in time, that they can come together and build a chain that can be trusted and made credible in itself is a powerful concept. Without the cloud, without SaaS-based objectives, you will never see the light, these solutions will never see the light of the day. So 
every one of these issues that we contend with, I think presents an opportunity in itself to make things different as we move further. You talked about making life easy for consumers. And I think that fundamental philosophy will hold in good stead when you leverage technologies for a purpose like this rather than just for the sake of technology itself. One other point I want to touch on, which is small, you talked about how has technology has changed. I don't think technologies have changed. Indeed, there'll be new programming languages, new syntax, new techniques, all, always. There is never going to be a shortage of those. However, I don't think that those are as fundamentally shifting in terms of a roadmap for the future as is the application of some of those things in a new way. So what SaaS is basically is software being built, however it was being built, but being placed somewhere that can be consumed in a brand new architecture. So I, in my opinion, when you bring up examples like this, your mind always starts working on what else can we do with this, with this possibility? How many possibilities exist? And there are numerous ones. I, I, I actually have a thought and a question for you right there. When you talked about uh, the data and trust portion from a business standpoint, where do you see data and trust going? Uh, I know you hear about data in every conversation you have. So where, what's, your, what's your roadmap for the future with trust and data? So data is the uh, foundational pillar for any business to grow because if you hear the terms of artificial intelligence, data science, Finally, what's happening is data is going in the consumer's hand and businesses are monetizing it, right? Um, but for you to monetize that data, whether it is a product's data, customer's data, vendor data, location data, any data in any format, right? You analyze it and you try to make money out of it. So I call the trend of data, if you look at a state of matters, solid, liquid, gas, and lightning effect, I would call solid layer as I don't want to play around every day and keep changing the shape of the data. If you play around every day, you make your data vulnerable. The hackers right. will come and hack it, you know, things like that. And you want it to be governed, secure, but the world is agile, you know. You cannot have a container-based approach that you cannot access it. That's where the data lake and uh, cloud computing and the common data model, all these things and big data and stuff like that comes into play so that you can pick and choose what data you need and consume wherever you want. But ability to consume does not give you ability to make in a fluid manner so anyone can access outside, right? You still need to govern it, right? Then you go to the next level of architecture. So my thinking process about data is data is money. Every business and technology guys and business guys must understand the power of data. I always say like data has two meanings inside every data, logical and physical, right? Physical meaning says where the data is residing, what it is doing. Logical meaning is what's the purpose it's solving. Now, if you have so many data sets of your company applications sitting together, and if you can extract all the logical meaning out of it and create an intelligence community, you make an AI and prediction out of your data. But that's the model you got to continue to create within the trust and governance model. That's how I believe that there are new technology gives us a lot of power to consume, explore, and exploit. That's the message I'll give, right? The mantra for future is how can you explore and exploit your data to exponentially grow your business? 
and when you got the power of SaaS applications or new architecture of SaaS, which is not meant for solving only one problem, but multiple problems, you learned, you got the power of disrupting the market instead of getting disrupted. So that's my perspective on data. So as data continues to grow, how do you do the cloud engineering to secure it, govern it? What's your thought process? When you talk to chief data officers of big corporations or many companies, right? And then maybe you go to your own data architects inside our companies, right? So many enterprise architects and data architects you have. How do you bridge the gap between what business is asking versus your data architects are architecting? So what's the mantra you follow internally? I think, uh, in fact, the mantra has become harder to, to define, but because at one point in time, if you remember, and you and I come from some place in the past, very close to each other, you remember we used to always talk about centralizing data. Most data would be kept one place. But as you talk to people more and more often today, you'll find that distributed data is really not a big problem. There are enough techniques and tools available to draw upon that intelligence from wherever they're placed. You really don't need all the data kept in one place. You may need to distill all that metadata and keep one place so you can run your machine learning algorithms on the cloud. You can actually go deliver uh, intelligence in the form of ML models as a service. ML as a service, right? We're talking software as a service, we're talking machine learning as a service. And models can be combined by distilling the metadata and then you really don't care where the raw data sits after that. Our challenge with engineering in this, in this context predominantly resides in how do you engineer so that you don't think of programmatic approaches to writing code the way we used to for almost 40, 50 years and not leverage the utility side of cloud. If you really build systems the old way and hope to leverage the cloud to serve it on a SaaS-based model in today's context, I think it'll become very, very challenging. So if you have to rework the method for getting data and trust established, data and trust served as a service, then essentially we have to change the way we think, which is then what brings us down to the basic bottom line. It comes down to people, culture, do we make a mindset shift within our people deeply enough that they can start thinking of things differently because that's where it all starts. If they don't think differently, we'll never be able to engineer differently. But engineering solutions to be good cloud citizens, cloud native solutions as we call them, is somewhat different. And if it's not heavily different, I think it's definitely somewhat different from the way you used to write solutions in the past. So it boils down to culture, I think, how we shift culture. And that's where I see the, the fundamental building block actually sit and receive which that makes me ask you, what do you think about culture and what role it has to play in all of this? Oh, culture is, so in my philosophy, there are three dimensions to digital transformation for any company, right? Uh, the first dimension is what you and I are debating about the technology and architecture and business architecture, cloud and, you know, um, engineering aspect of it. The second dimension is innovation which is automation, augmentation, mixed reality, machine learning, voice, uh, smart contracts, blockchain. So all that is a second dimension, I call it. And the third dimension is digital mindset, right? Digital culture, right? Agility, speed, right? Uh, programmers and tech community cannot deliver faster if their architecture is not in order, right? The businesses are coming with a lot of requests because they are 
talking to their competitors and they're finding out new ways of doing things so they come to tech community and saying i want this fast right you can't go and deliver things in a waterfall method by the time you understand and develop and deliver it the world has changed so that's the culture piece right so your culture has to have sprint mindset break down the bigger project into a smaller chunks and then deliver it faster agility digital culture establishes transparency honesty clarity you know if something is meaningful you move forward it's not meaningful kill it right if you kill it it's an experience it becomes meaningful it's platform it's software as a service applications right so that's the model so culture is very very important how we did it is not how we should do it processes have changed you know um, so habits have been there so past habits must be left in the past adopt the new ways of doing things and then you will get onto acceleration path then you will accelerate in fact one of the topic which you mentioned other than culture um, which I want to touch upon a very interesting point is um, architecture right so we when we are built so data is one layer we talked so now let's go back to the application side right so now we are building a business application and what i heard from you is you said said that there are a lot of common things you don't want to code it like multiple lines of code you said it takes longer to code there are many things available you can consume so my mind is on that thread right now so let's have conversation on that um most of the businesses have horizontal needs and vertical needs right whether you're a bank, insurance, universities, schools, manufacturing, supply chain, domain companies, right? You have a vertical business need and you have a horizontal business need. So let's talk about horizontal. Horizontals are like HR system, finance system, right? But if you are in a food business, then you need a recipe management system. If you're a finance and fintech business, you need a payment platform, right? So I call those as a vertical systems, right? horizontal now you being a cto and when you go inside the company how much time you spend with your architects to build verticals versus commodity do you build brick by brick wall to build the application SaaS application or do you have ready-made components how do you envision today and what do you see the future of building blocks you know for SaaS in of time i'll keep the short and I, it's a it's an interesting thing that's i think at base of everything we've just spoken about SaaS, I don't think, will ever be successful or cloud-based systems won't be successful if we continue to write code from the ground up. So to your point, we spend a lot of time building reusable assets. We spend a lot of time building reusable assets, keeping them aside, high-quality, configurable reusable assets. We're trying to move away from customization to configuration. That brings us speed and agility, the two things you spoke about. That also brings us reuse, cut costs down for ourselves and for our customers. And then in the end, it also promises you certain basic promises of quality and performance that you don't have to keep doing every time you write something in the future. Just those three elements in themselves give us a compression in time to deliver market solutions. It gives us a promise of you know, high assurance and not have to worry about whether things would work or not. So our focus most of the time is to build a whole bunch of reusable assets that are in the horizontal. From there, those Lego blocks can help us build any vertical component that you come back and ask us to build, like the one you talked about with your milk producer company. So when we are ready to deal with the customer, we typically go aggregate what we want in the world of technology today than we have ever done in the past. The more we do this, 
I think the more this whole concept of SaaS and cloud will become successful. Great. Um, so now while we are debating on cloud and uh, reusability aspect, right? Uh, is there any way you can define that what are the reusable assets versus building blocks like every time you have to build? How do you define what needs to be consumed uh, versus building it right from scratch? So For our audience it? here, I think it's an important question. Uh, it, it comes down to what aspects of any solution are most commonly used all the time. That's the fundamental question we ask. Will this actually produce us any reduction in time or cost to build a solution? Will it prove us better, quicker? We, can we promote new concepts? Can we use virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, ML-based services? All of these concepts we talk about, we prove them in advance, and more we can construct assets like these that we know are commonly used across solutions. We keep them ready, then we can put them into the mix as and when we need it. User experience is another side. Grid controls, these type of objects that allow us to build the user experience faster are again another source of productivity improvement for most of our developers out there. So we've done this in the past, you know, function call libraries, even you have dealt with in your past life. We have written code libraries to help us with, but the beauty of components is that they can be used as is without having to mess around with code every time. That is where configuration plays a role, uh, customizing code. That gives us enormous speed and the promise of high assurance and quality. Absolutely, and I see that you also promote a lot about in your tech cast and uh, many exactly. channels, so developers can go and listen to you uh, in, in all the channels. Let's get back onto the another part of this discussion, right? So, um, you know, when we are building more and more applications uh, with cloud architecture, do you think cloud is going to be there for five years? or there are any other new technology which is gonna come and overtake or accelerate the SaaS journey. I hear technologies like edge computing, right? Because cloud is like taking everything on-premise to cloud, then you wanna bring cloud back to devices so that you don't create too much of load on cloud. Do you see edge computing as a future? Do you see some other technology to take over SaaS and bring better consumer experience? The concept of software as a service will remain for most time to come. Cloud becomes an enabler, but indeed there are newer pieces that get built on that basic infrastructure of cloud, right? We, for example, when we start deploying code in containers or clusters, we observe that we're leveraging the cloud, but we're containerizing it with the cloud. So we're building on top of what we call the cloud to serve the same kind of logic and value, but in a way, adding on to the value the cloud came with, adding on to what software as a service could be, like your platform as a service or business platform as a service, business and a process as a service. All of these are add-on methods and techniques which have been built on top of the base concept of SaaS, right? So I see that definitely happen. Edge actually allows you to bring back aspects of what you don't want to leave on the cloud in the periphery that you can contain and keep within yourself. And of course, techniques and technologies like 5G will come back and thoroughly change everything we have known about all this in, in the future. But I don't think the basic principles of how we sell software will change anytime in the near future, especially as we go more and more into uh, cloud-based infrastructure, we're getting used to centralizing analytics, centralizing dashboards, centralizing ML and AI, centralizing business processes. I think those will run there in high quality, high volume compute on the cloud. 
aspects that we want to keep close to our enterprise will keep coming back in the form of edge computing to where it's where we want it to be. That's fantastic. And as we all know that Winston Churchill said that, right, never let a good crisis go to waste. So, so true. Uh, pandemic has given us an opportunity, I would call it, right? Uh, every one of us are talking about SaaS engineering. You said that SaaS is going to be there in future because that's the core architecture. My thinking process is that uh, uh, it's not one application, one cloud, multiple applications, multiple problems you got to solve through one common architecture that we call it a digital platform architecture, digital, digital platform for businesses and that's the future. So um, any other final thoughts, CP, you want to bring to the audience and clarify? I think left to the two of us, we could have a really long discussion around this, but in the interest and respect of our audience's time, we've, this is wonderful. I think in closing all I will tell our developer community is the quicker you change your mindset around how we engineer components for this world of SaaS and cloud that we now belong to, to be good cloud citizens, I think our basic approach to engineering software will need to change. It's changing already. And to be a part of a high quality revolution around SaaS and cloud, once that's there, then uh, uh, the whole concept of cloud native engineering becomes so much more real for us to perform. Perfect, perfect. And we all should be committed to what we need to bring back to the community. We need to make everyone's lives better with the power of SaaS engineering, with the power of digital platform. So we technologists, business guys, it's our responsibility to leverage the right technologies and accelerate with SaaS engineering and uh, bring better value to our community and do our part. So thank you for having this conversation, CP. Thank you, Rajesh. I enjoyed it very much myself. Same here, same here. Thank you so much, Rajesh and CP. And I thoroughly enjoyed both of you, you know, talking about SaaS and uh, giving us insights. It was, in fact, a fantastic conversation, I should say. Thank you for sharing it's your hard to stop two, It's hard to stop two people like him and I, because both of us love talking about these kinds of visionary subjects. So that's why we don't, frankly, in a way, I miss being with him in New York. But at the same time, some ways, I think if we were together, we will just be spending all our time at the Starbucks downstairs discussing the vision and the company will be behind us somewhere. So thanks so much for having us. Were we over time though, or did we do okay in case we do this again? No, I think we are in time. And uh, thank you so much for the delightful conversation. I'm sure the audience will have a good time listening to both of you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Rajesh. Thank, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.